Warning, this podcast contains explicit sexual language and should only be listened to at work if you're looking for an excuse to connect with your HR representative. Additionally, all mentions of the word women include cis, trans, envy, genderqueer, genderfluid, and those still figuring it out. Yes, you. You are welcome here. Will you open up with me? These pages they can feed your innermost desires. Do you feel inspired? Are you getting what you need? Are you coming curiously? A secret safe with me. And here you can simply be yourself. Hi, y'all. This is Jace, and you found Jace Reads Romance, a community dedicated to empowering women about sex and sexuality through the reading of romance novels. We've got a bit of a mini episode today, and I say mini episode, it probably won't be that mini because the list is long, where we are going to talk about definitions from the book world. If you are new to reading romance novels, you haven't delved into the land yet, you're going to come across a lot of words, terms, and acronyms that might not be familiar to you. And as I talk about many books in my podcast here and in the blog and on social media, I wanted to give you a place where you could learn how, at the very least, I'm using these terms. I'm here with my producer, Sefi. Hello. (laughs) And we'll be going back and forth. So it's not just a bit of a talking head. So the first definitions I'm going to talk about are probably the most boring. And they are definitions related to the book world. And the first one is TBR is an acronym you'll hear for to be read. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. It is the books that you have physically or on a list that you want to read. The joke is that the TBR is never ending, that the TBR always grows. It will never be finished. And that's probably true. (laughs) Yes. I think I I think I saw a video once that was someone's like, I finished my physical TBR. And it was the response was, is that even possible? But so so if you hear the the acronym TBR, it's to be read list books that you have on your shelf physically or just on a list somewhere that you want to one day read. Another acronym that you'll hear sometimes is ARC or ARC. And if you're really delving into people who read books professionally, they're the people who will say this phrase, and it means advanced reader copy. And these are usually books set in advance of a publication or maybe even during the editing process by the publisher to get reviews that might be posted on the book covers from various Mm -hmm. people to get feedback from readers they respect in certain genres or for 
promotional hype when the book comes out from influencers and the like. If if you've had an advanced reader copy and you've read the book in advance, then maybe you have a contract or they just hope that you'll promote the book when it comes time to order copies. Now, the last one I'm not going to delve too deeply into because I am not sponsored by them, but you might hear the acronym KU, and that stands for Kindle Unlimited, which is a service that Amazon provides. You pay a monthly fee and you have access to digital books uh, for free. You can rent, I think, 10 at a time and you can read as many as you want in a month. Um, But it's a service that a lot of readers use because it's a pretty good bang for your buck in terms of money and books. You don't own the books. You can't keep them. um, You have to rotate them out like you would a library. But if you're someone who reads a lot and has a limited budget, that that might be an option for you. Or go to the library. Yes, there are library apps as well. There are What are your favorites? Um, What are your favorite library apps? I use Libby. I love Libby. Mm -hmm. Um, I am in Texas, and in the state of Texas, you can get your local library card put on there, but anybody who lives in the state of Texas can also get a library card to the Houston Public Library, no matter where you live in Texas. So you can add their list of books to your um, options as well. Um, Libby is definitely my favorite. I also use, um, cloud library. That's a good one too. Ooh. Another one is Hoopla. We are not sponsored by them, but for library cards, any of them, no, no, (laughs) no. Um, but we are supported. We want you to support your local library. Yes. Hoopla does more media. So they do a lot of audiobooks mm-hmm. and movies and TV shows as well as digital books. So those mm-hmm. are other things that you can you can do. Back back to the definitions. <laughs> <laughs> the next category that I've got for you is types of relationships. And these are acronyms that you'll find if you're looking at for books. Um, And I just wanted to make sure everyone's on the same page of what they mean, because sometimes they can indicate different things. So the most common one is called MF, sometimes also FM, not the radio station. And this indicates male, female or female, male, basically a heterosexual couple. Yep. One dude, one girl, they get together. It is the majority of what you're going to find out there. Unfortunately, though that is changing. uh, (laughs) It is changing. But if you're looking for not that, you might want to search for MM, which stands for male, male, two men in this story, a male, male couple, if you would, which is corresponded to FF. Female, female to women in the main romantic or sexual couple. So if you're looking for those types of books, you can search on the internet for MM books or FF books, and that will lead you to books whose couples fit those two, fit those two categories. Cool. So The next one I'm going to talk about is MMF, which is, and this is, to be fair, like, y'all, I am, 
I am really looking at books primarily for women. So I'm not going into like traditional harems, but MMF implies that the two men are also together. So MMF or FMM usually is a full trio swapping situation. So if you want two two guys on the girl, if you want girl guy, if you want guy guy, that is the acronym that usually describes that type of novel. As opposed to MFM, where usually what that means is two girls, usually what that means is two guys on the girl. You might get guy girl, you might get guy guy on the girl, but you usually won't find two guys hooking up in that kind of book. Mm -hmm. So where it gets complicated, and I'm not going, because this, once you get more than three people in, that is really going to depend on the author. So if yeah. you're looking for anything bigger than a trio, you'll find MMMF or MMFM. And I haven't quite, quite honestly, in my experience, I haven't found enough consistency in those bigger acronyms to, to guarantee you'll find what you're looking for. Some of them are, you know, three dudes, four dudes, all on this girl. And some of them are three dudes, four dudes with the girl and each other. Like I haven't found enough consistency to uh, stake a claim or put my reputation on the line for you to search for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Have you found any other like acronyms for types of relationships? Um, I think we were just talking about it in another episode the uh female non-binary um so it would have you started to see nb yeah i've started to see like fnb (gasps) or nbf a little not enough not nearly enough not enough not enough for for me to even be aware of that so y'all if you're looking for non-binary characters Mm -hmm. go search for nb the abbreviation yeah. for non-binary. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's and I the think, search I'm doing next. I think they also have an acronym for like, I think they've started doing like asexual as well. So it'd be like, I think it's a, it's either A itself and F or it's like A-S-N-F or something, but I've seen it again, not nearly cool. enough, but. If you haven't listened to our definitions episode ace stands for asexual a type of sexual orientation rather than someone's gender which is what these relationships that we're talking about usually describe so you can be female and asexual you can be male and asexual you can be non-binary and asexual you can be genderqueer gender fluid any gender and ace because ace is a sexual orientation yes yeah okay So for my brain, I think genres and tropes are different. I agree. I agree with that statement. 
Thank you. <laughs> I think a genre is the type of world that you build and exist, the story exists in, whereas a trope is a type of plot development. For an example, because I know you'll get into the definitions <laughs> a little bit better. I'm just going to yeah. use it because that's how my brain works. Yeah. Genre yep. would be like fantasy or science fiction or horror mm -hmm. or something like that. Whereas a trope would be fake dating or... <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at my list? <laughs> I have been in the fan fiction game a while, Jace. <laughs> yeah. So I consider genres and tropes different. Mm -hmm. um, and for the purpose of this episode, I'm, I'm separating the two categories. Know that for some people, they're not, or there might be some overlap or some switching around. So understand that a lot of this is personal preference and one of the things that like for example i can't figure out if omegaverse falls under fan like uh paranormal category if it's its own genre or if it's a trope um and we'll get there i know oh, right so, that's right? an interesting thought <laughs> it's an interesting thought and we'll get to that one specifically because i haven't figured it out so <laughs> <laughs> so there are six big genres that I've I usually come across in terms of romance. And they are contemporary, which mm -hmm. I'm going to say is anything at this point like year 2000 and up. It's oh. contemp I know. I know <sighs> it feels really far away, but it exists in a world with cell phones, with internet, mm -hmm. with the stock market. It's still close enough in time that it's not like a period piece. Hey, all of those existed in the 90s. Thank you very much. <laughs> I existed in the 80s. Um, but I, I think, honestly, the introduction of like the internet and cell phones. Yeah. Like when we're watching media from before the time of cell phones, it's no longer believable. Like Die Hard wouldn't exist now or even in the year 2000 because you would have had a cell phone. So that's kind of where I draw the line of contemporary when that technology that messes with a lot of plot points comes into play. Yeah. All right. And the next category is historical. Under the genre of historical, you might have Regency, you might have Renaissance, you might have like feudal Japan, anything, oh, ancient Egypt, things that happened long ago. There are so many historical eras that I'm not going to list them all, which is why I just said historical. And for the most part, I'm talking about historical with a, a little susaw of unrealistic stuff going on. Like, <laughs> not like Highland, not like Outlander where there's magic necessarily, though I suppose it's like you could draw the line between historical and fantasy. I'm talking about um, Highlander or Outlander. Outlander, thank you, Outlander. Yeah, no, Which not Highlander. Highlander works Highlander works too. <laughs> it does. They both have a little bit of magic in them. But with historical, there's always going to be some discrepancies, some sacrifices of realism for the plot. And yeah. I'm not, I don't care. 
I will. I, I you can sacrifice that plot for some good story for me. I am not a historian, but so that's another genre historical. Mm-hmm. And that's that's also different than like Jane Austen, which was written yes. in her contemporary time. Right. As a novel, that's different. I'm talking about yeah. novels being written now or even in like the 70s, this 80s about a historical time. So like a right. rose in winter. Okay. Yeah. Next genre is fantasy. And the way that I define fantasy is it is in a world that is not our world. It's not planet Earth. It's not any country that exists now or before. So for for me, fantasy is is its own unique world building. And I know that's where a lot of people get frustrated with fantasy because you have to build a whole world around that fits your story and you have to explain it, especially if things don't work the way that they do here. But I think that's where fantasy can be really, really powerful because you're not limited to what would happen here and now on this planet with humans. So I have I have a question about yeah. that. Um, yes, yes. I am, I am working on a novel. yes that takes place in like an alternate version of our world that has magic so it has all of our history it exists on planet earth would that fall under fantasy not to me that falls (laughs) under the next category paranormal so paranormal for me exists on earth Maybe it's historical. Maybe it's now. This is also like kind of steampunky because steampunk mm-hmm. is some weird, weird stuff, but exists with usually magic or magical creatures okay. or like so witches, shapeshifters, fae. Mm-hmm. I also consider kind of paranormal the inclusion of a lot of mythology. Okay. So things like. Greek gods that actually have powers, not not like neon gods where they just kind of have titles, um, but more like bitter medicine okay. where there are creatures of fantasy, of lore, of mythology that exist in our world now, an alternate version of Earth with magic or okay. mysticism or whatever. I consider that paranormal because it's gotcha. not the normal. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Which is also different than sci-fi. Sci-fi for me usually takes place many, many centuries ahead of time. It usually involves a lot of space travel, which it's not going to happen in the next like 50 years. It's just not. But it usually it can include aliens. It cannot include aliens. But for me, a real sci-fi is about the intergalacticness of it. So other That's planets, the way that I view it. Other... other planets, potentially other creatures. Some yeah. sci-fi has other creatures. Some sci-fi doesn't. Right. And that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But it is that the, 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 ne- the we have left Earth behind. Um, I will say that I and I'm sure I'm going to get some recommendations of books that are considered sci-fi that exist on our planet solely and that is totally fine i'm saying in general 
they're they're leaving Earth. Even if yeah. the story takes place on Earth, they're they're leaving Earth. Like it, they they've come to such uh they've come with such strides and technological advancements and stuff that they mm-hmm. have that ability now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So oh my goodness, Queen of I think it's Queen of Dust or Polaris Rising. Mm-hmm. There are humans, but they're not on Earth anymore. Right. right. Yeah. So next is Mafia. And I'm saying Mafia because it's such a huge genre in and of itself and does not adhere to, you know, the laws of the (laughs) regular world. Like, I can't I can't put like Mafia and contemporary in the same thing. They're not the same for me. It's a genre. They're. And because also within genre, mafia, you get so many tropes. It's true. Well, and not only that, like, to me, when I talk about mafia, I imagine like the 1930s with Al Capone and Lucky Luciano Mm -hmm. and like all of that. That's the mafia to me. So, yeah. So it's a bit of both. But like within mafia, I find within mafia stories or really any sort of not above board if you understand my meaning. Yes, I do. <laughs> stories, they're not the same as contemporary. They almost mm-hmm. exist within their their own little world and their own little rules yeah. and their own little situations. So yeah. for me, that genre exists separately. And the last one that I have on my list is Academy Romance. Again, because it exists within its own little world. And within Academy, you get things like you get different tropes. And I will absolutely note number one, because you know I love my notes. Academies take place modern, they take place historical, they take place in paranormal, they take place Academy can almost be it's like subgenre under a bigger genre. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there's something very unique about putting students together in a place of learning and what happens and the power dynamics and the relationships. It's something very unique to that kind of environment. Yeah. Whether it's like a a discovery of witches or cross my heart or the vampire Academy books. There's something very unique about that kind of situation. Are there any other big genres that you consider in romance that I didn't list? Um, <laughs> the first one, yeah, the first one that popped into my head was uh, monster. I consider the um, I consider the paranormal usually. Real, like, is it a subgenre type thing to you? Like, I think it might be like a trope. Okay, to me, I guess I can see that. I don't know. I was I was introduced to it against my will because my best friend is evil. Um, yeah. in the the best possible way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess to me, that seems like its own, I don't know, I guess kind of the idea of the Academy where it has, it could be under the sub genre. Yeah. It could be its sub genre. It's almost like genres. A, so now I'm wondering if Academy is a trope, but it's not because within, a, I, I don't know. I don't, I think I agree with you it's on Academy sub-genre. just because. Just because you, how you said you, it, it's basically a boarding school, quote unquote, mm-hmm. type of setting. 
And that in yeah. and of itself is its own world. So it's an its own world, its own thing. Okay, yeah. so let's put a pin in monster. Um, and y'all listeners, tell us, is monster a trope that falls under a different genre? Is it a subgenre or is it its own genre? I want to know. Yeah. But I, I want to go back. I want to now move on to tropes. And mm-hmm. I, y'all, if you search for tropes in romance novels, you will find miles long lists just i was looking for articles just to make sure that my oh i align with i'm like is my brain working the way that other people's brains are and i found an article that said 150 romance tropes i'm like no no (laughs) um so so i want to just caveat this with there are far more tropes than i am going to say right now we we i think there's probably a bit of overlap (laughs) we don't have the time there's probably a bit of overlap in some of these and and you know what if you're really really like there's a bee in your bonnet because i didn't say your favorite one let me know what it is and i might just have to make a second episode follow-up episode about Mm -hmm. genres and tropes okay so i'm gonna go through these tropes and kind of state big picture what usually happens in these types of tropes and remember that tropes as i'm defining them can fall under lots of genres this is just a little plot device that they use so first trope friends to lovers usually some sort of long-standing friendship oftentimes one or both people in the friendship have secret feelings for the other and eventually they come to a head and they get together. Trope number two, enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers uh, and sometimes rivals to lovers falls Mm. under this where there's something that causes them conflict and through the conflict they realize that they they either develop feelings or they realize they have feelings or feelings are, are... pop up out of the woodwork um so enemies to lovers and this can be like very very minor enemies and this can be very major enemies so remember this is a plot device and not like how extreme it is another one that you'll hear is grumpy sunshine most (laughs) often it is a grumpy bad-tempered dude and a sunshiny sweet girl and she shows him the error of her ways. Um, but they come to a head because of their differences in how they interact with the world. There are reverse grumpy sh- sunshines. And I do love it when a woman is allowed to be like a grump. Um, Absolutely. Also, those are sometimes called golden retrievers. When like a, really? a guy. Yes. When a guy is the sunshine, he's sometimes called a golden retriever because he's like so happy and lovely, loving. Can that make sense? Um, oh. It makes sense. I don't love it. I love, I think grumpy sunshine is a really good phrase. Just yeah, I agree. Make- My favorite is, so. I can't even remember the name of the book. It's terrible. I don't even remember the author's full name, but she did a series on it on TikTok. Her first name is Hannah. Ooh. And it's like the grumpy villain and his sunshine assistant. And it is amazing. Is it called assistant to the villain? Because that book I, is yes. amazing. Yes, it is. That is Because that book is that book is literally amazing. I, I've already pre- I have already pre-ordered the second book. It comes out in August. I like I watched her series and I just I love I love her, first of all. And 
Like the whole storyline, I was just like, this is amazing. I need to it read is, her book. I need to read her book. It's so good. It's so good. Um, nah, sorry. Digress. Um, another trope is pregnancy, usually surprise pregnancy. And this can come in a number of ways. Either they have a history, it was a surprise pregnancy, and there's a secret child, or they're in a relationship and they or some sort of like non-committal relationship and someone accidentally gets pregnant. It is a trope. It is a plot device that is used um, quite frequently. Another trope is second chance. Usually there is a history in their relationship and you might get flashbacks to what happened a la Love in Other Words by Christina Lauren. And in the present, they're trying to fix their relationship and come. they come together in the future life has happened and now they have a second chance at their relationship another one one of my favorites is a love triangle <laughs> so typically in the romance novels that we're reading uh, that i read it is one girl and two guys and there is some sort of triangle between them she has to two men are pursuing her and there's uh some some reason she can only choose one which is annoying and leads to my next trope, which is why choose? <laughs> <laughs> this is a question for uh, the ages. Why choose? Why choose? So why choose is usually uh, one girl, multiple men. And at the end of the day, the more the merrier. <laughs> um <laughs> And this is a real question that, Sefi, I don't know if you have the answer to, and I don't know if I have the answer to, but is why choose different than reverse harem? I was Which literally about also, to ask you that question because I, I was like, is yeah, it like, the same? I, I'm really finding that the because I heard of reverse harem first. Reverse harem is definitely in my awareness or a more used trope. And I'm wondering if why choose actually comes out of the fact that harems typically were one man lots of women and it had to yeah. be reverse harem and some sort of breaking of the patriarchy that has led to why choose um in my brain i'm not finding a big difference between why choose and reverse harem it's usually one girl multiple guys and at the end of the day she's in a relationship with all of them yeah. most of the time in a why choose or a reverse harem it is heterosexual couples all the way you might get some like double teaming or triple teaming Ooh. but oh man that's, that's a good one um but there isn't usually a lot of interaction between the men in and of themselves so but if you find or you believe or you're an author and you you there's a strong difference between reverse harem and why choose please let me know i'm very curious as to what happens um this is another trope, and sometimes multiple tropes can be in the same book, but this trope is slow burn. And I, I if done well, if done well, if done can well. be great. <laughs> yes. Can be great. And I find that for a slow burn for me, I've got to get through like half the book before there's even like a kiss. Okay. What do you think? See, I have a I have a mixed relationship with slow burn just because I get like it, it's a form I get of antsy. 
Yes, there's that. And I get like a form of secondhand embarrassment for like the the people. And I'm like, oh, just the dramatic irony is really frustrating. Like, yeah, we know that he likes her. (laughs) We know that he likes her. She doesn't know. But oh, my God, why can't you just tell her and act on it and do something? And then I get really frustrated. And then like it's a weird experience. Like it hurts. And so I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to continue but then usually yeah. I end up continuing and it's great. Um, so I don't yeah. know. Mixed feelings. About there are going to be people <laughs> mixed feelings. There are going to be people who have very strong feelings about slow burn. I want dramatic. I want tension. I want. Mm-hmm. So here's the reason why I want like half a book first is because if it happens too soon, it's not slow. And one of the things yeah. that I love about a slow burn is usually we see inside a person's mind and we can like feel that tension and eventually the slow burn, like the tension has to go somewhere and there's an yeah, explosion. It has to, it has usually to pop. Really that bubble has to, pop has to pop at some point. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Like one of my personal favorites is that moment when it's, when like, especially if it's like an enemies to lovers or a rivals to lovers, or even a friends to lovers, where like it's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And they both, and like something clicks and they're like, fuck it, I have to have you right now. Um, <laughs> I love that. And if it hasn't become tense enough, if it isn't slow enough, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you don't. Um. <laughs> See, okay, here's the thing I can handle a slow burn a lot better if. And we haven't covered this trope yet, but if it's a if it's a fake dating trope, like if they go together, yeah. I can handle it a uh-huh. lot better because I'm just like, oh, just do it, do it. See, I, that's so funny because I I don't like I don't I I want them to get together real fast. So okay, we'll get to you know what I'm gonna skip. It. Fake dating is there another trope, <laughs> usually, and it can be also like fake dating slash marriage of convenience. Uh-huh. Um, two people have to or choose to get into a relationship or a marriage due to some external circumstance. Yeah. Uh, they're a reputation, a clause in a will, whatever it is. Uh, that is, that is a thing. So like the entire weekday bride series by Catherine Bybee is all uh marriage of convenience. Nice. But yeah, fake dating. Oh, it's great. Weekday brides, seven books in the series. <gasps> then it's contemporary a contemporary romance with fake dating and there is some enemies to lovers and even Ooh. friends to lovers Ooh, and there's a fake there's, there's a book with pregnancy there's a book with pregnancy there's a book with it's great um yeah because everything's a little bit different so the next one that i'm going back to my actual list is morally gray slash dark romance and i'm putting them together because i am and it basically <laughs> just means there's usually usually something with the dude is very but not always you know what I'm not even going to say that something about their situation isn't isn't right yeah isn't right there's coercion there's blackmail there's kidnapping there's Stockholm syndrome yeah there's a lack of consent there's some really shady shit going on like something something doesn't add up Yes. And and I'm putting those two together. And I, I think the like 
morally gray and dark romance are slightly different. So like liars like us, morally gray, dude, you did some, you did some fucked up shit. You did some fucked up shit to get that girl. That is coercion. And I called it. But that's very different than Den of Vipers, dark romance, where you've kidnapped a woman and are holding her hostage. Mm hmm. Uh, but I'm putting them all under the same kind of category because I think often they get there's so much overlap in what people can. Yeah, I think whatever yeah. the author wants to consider it. I agree. Uh, I, another one, another trope is best friend, sibling slash siblings, best friend. I'm going to go with it's like it's like a knight on a chessboard. It's two in one direction, one in the other any yeah. way they want. So yeah. either best friend sibling or sibling's best friend. And this is kind of like, oh, I'm not supposed to want you uh, yeah. situation. In yeah. this trope, it might be mixed with other tropes. There might be slow burn. It might be fake dating as well. Like there are a lot, but the relationship is prevalent enough that I'm making it its own trope. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's, I see it everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Um, I, the next one is forced proximity. And I'm also going to go slash arranged marriage because okay. arranged marriage is often used within for you're stuck together yeah. and it could be arranged marriage for whatever reason. It could be forced proximity. Oh no, we are both abandoned yeah. in a snowstorm and we must huddle for warmth. So forced proximity just means some something in the plot has me made them spend time together outside of their original desire or control. I may or may not have a fanfic that includes that. Oh my gosh, send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Another trope is age gap. Most often used with a younger woman and an older man. You're going to find like daddy's best friend under this. Uh, but I'm just going to put age gap in general. And I I prefer like an, a serious age gap. I'm talking like if it's if we're doing if you're claiming age gap, I want at least like 20 years. I want yeah. generations. I want you could be their parent. Yes. On underage gap. So like, oh, I'm 23 all, all and I'm 33. Legal, like within the illegal. age of consent. Oh god. Within the age of consent. No, yeah. <laughs> no, if you are under the age of consent and there's an age gap, I am not reading your book. I am burning it. I'm reporting you. Um Yes. Statutory rape is not okay with me. So mm -hmm. But yeah, age gap, I want it to be like a generational thing and not just like I'm in my early 20s and I'm in my early 30s. Nope, not an age gap. That's that's fine. Um, another trope is boss employee. <laughs> oh, man, Sophie can see my face about this. I have so <laughs> many feelings about this trope. <laughs> That's why you heard I me have start so to giggle because I can see their face. <laughs> oh my God. I have so many feelings about this trope. And for the sake of my sanity, I'm not going to get into them. I can do an entire episode on this. You know what? Maybe I'll make an entire month where I read boss employee ones and you're going to have to convince me they're worth it. The only one that I have liked, it's, and it's because their relationship exists like outside of their place of work and they don't stay in the same place of work for very long is literally called 
the boss, Abigail Barnett. It's got kink. It's got age gap. And it is the only boss employee relationship that I've ever not felt icky about. Prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> you are going to get so many recommendations now. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I'll just choose a month and I'll get through it. It'll be my oh boss my employee gosh. month. What is, what month is good for that? What's February. the alliteration that I can, why? It's the shortest. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm thinking of your okay. sanity. <laughs> If you, I've read so many of them, but if you can give me enough books that I can make it an entire month, fine. Month of February, it will be boss, employee. I don't know. Um, another not trope. Happy about this. I. <laughs> yeah. Prove, prove me wrong. And this might be a, this might be a thing for me. Like here, this is maybe a dark romance thing. Like, are you using this as like, oh man, I want to fuck my boss or like I enjoy power dynamic play. And I often want to role play boss employee versus like, this is, if this is your spank bank versus this is your how to, because this is, that's really where it gets me. Um, The relationships aren't healthy. The, the relationships aren't good for the most part it, it's not how I would want anyone in my life to get into a relationship but if you can do like employee and boss then then like convince me convince me y'all okay another trope single dad and I'm gonna say single dad in general a lot of this is often single dad and I'm the nanny which falls under my like boss employee which as we just discussed I don't love but uh single and I'm actually I'm not gonna say single dad I'm gonna reframe single parent and I I will appreciate especially when it's the woman who has the child that kind of situation because often women who are mothers are automatically put into an unsexy box and that's not fair like yeah so single parent I do appreciate when it's a a woman who meets someone I'm oh gosh there was a book I read and it was a a divorced mom of like an eight-year-old and she falls in love with a baseball player that was good. I and like he has that to like a lot. Her trust. I know. I like. I liked it a lot too. I'm now trying to remember what book that was. I have to go back and have to go back and find that. Um, so single parent, and then this is this has got to be its own thing, and it definitely goes into a lot of other tropes. But billionaire yeah <laughs> it's just done the man usually the man is a billionaire uh-huh that's yeah. it i'm nothing else needs to be said no but that's often a trope i'm a billionaire and can make everything happen and fuck up your life because i have all the money in the world um yeah okay so on to omegaverse and this is one that i really Y'all, I would love some clarity because do not, do not go to the Wikipedia article of no. Omegaverse. Don't, no. don't do that. That's, no. that wasn't fun. Um, but <laughs> Omegaverse, I found that a lot of books of varying, of varying plot points fall under this idea of Omegaverse. And 
here's my understanding of it. And Sefi, if you have a different one, please, please help. Please help me out. Okay. Omegaverse usually falls under paranormal because it usually involves some sort of shifter. Yes. For the most part, usually, usually some sort of shifter. And in shifter books, there is a hierarchy of people. Yeah. Uh, even though that's been totally disproved that that's a thing in actual <laughs> By the guy who said alpha, it in the first place. <laughs> by the guy who said it in the first place. So like alpha, beta doesn't exist. Sorry, y'all. But pretty good romance trope. Um, but there are alphas, betas, and omegas. And it and omegas can sometimes be submissive and they can sometimes be with outside of a pack structure. So mm-hmm. this is where like under omegaverse, lots of stuff might happen. Um, you might have omegaverse where it's like omegas and the alphas get together. You might have that they're separate and they're co- usually an omega is a coveted thing. They're a yeah. coveted person. It's usually the woman that's the Omega and they find an alpha and an alpha just like has to have her or claim her or something. Yeah. And it's that power dynamic that I'm going to say is Omegaverse. I'm not going to get into some of the other shit mm. because that's that's too specific. And I found that like there's there's it's just not consistent enough amongst Omegaverse to, for me to say that, but I'm going to say that Omegaverse is a, anything where there is that, that trio of power dynamics, alphas, betas, omegas. The ABO dynamic. ABO. The ABO dynamic. And quite honestly, ABO dynamic sometimes changes. Like I said, I've read books where omegas are the most submissive. I've read books where omegas are outside of a pack structure. And it's it's not consistent enough for me to give you a hard yes or no. If you are someone for whom that genre is like all you read and you have the know-how, like the, the knowledge that I'm looking for, please send it over. Absolutely. Help me out. Yeah. Help me out. Um, are there any other tropes that you consistently come across that I missed? Um, no, because you kind of covered it. The one I immediately thought of is kind of covered under the forced proximity, like the one bed in a hotel room. Oh, yeah. Trope. Forced proximity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We're on a work trip. Usually, like, we're enemies and we're stuck in a work yeah. trip and we go to a hotel and there's yeah. only one bed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so under forced proximity, you'll get things like one bed. Um, often. Often. It's great. <laughs> Who doesn't love a one bed? I love um, that so much. <laughs> it's a, it's just so funny. I know. It's just I know. so it I have rarely seen it disappoint. Yeah. But all right. So this is as I said before, this is a starting point of definitions and I picked these because they're the ones that I come across the most and the things that I definitely had to go searching for an answer on. So I hope that this helps. If you have book recommendations, if you have other things you'd like me to define in a future episode, please let me know. And I hope that you had as much fun listening as we had talking. Have an incredible day, y'all. And that's it for today, y'all. This has been a Three Paws Productions podcast. You can find Jace and so much more at jacereadsromance.com. That's 
J-A-Y-C-E, readsromance.com. Follow along on TikTok and Instagram at Jace Reads Romance. And if you'd like to send an email, our email address is Jace at JaceReadsRomance.com. To leave a voicemail with a question or testimonial for a future episode, call and leave a message at 661-JACE-RR. That's 661-529-2377. And finally, like and subscribe so you can get every episode when they drop. And remember, this is Chase holding space for you. 